Hey everybody, John Troutman. This is another episode of Truth or Comfort, and I'm here with Jerome Maldonado. Uh, you're doing big stuff. You're here in Phoenix. I appreciate you coming by and uh, you know gracing us with your presence. You're, you, uh, we've had a, couple, uh, a really good conversation prior to today. We have uh, some things in common from our past, and anyways, uh, appreciate you coming. And I want to, I do want to talk about like how you got into the, into real estate. You're doing really big stuff. You have some partners, uh, big name stuff. So I want to, uh, I do want to talk about that, but I want to talk about how you got started in real estate and kind of like your, your foundation. And I've always said, and I think, uh, you'll agree with me on this, like the, the most fertile field is the six inches, seven inches between your, your ears. And, uh, we have a very similar experience when we were younger coming up through, um, a multi-level marketing company. And, uh, you know, you had some, you had phenomenal success in it. And I wanted to touch on that a little bit. And, and also like, what do you base your success off of? Right. Sure. So John, thanks, bro. I, did, I just appreciate you having me here, Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, um, I'm always grateful, man, good, good people doing good things and just appreciate everything that you guys are doing. And, um, it is man, ironic how small the world is yeah. and in the world of business, you know, in life, it's just, it's funny how things just revolve full circle. And so we do, you know, um, I got started as, as, as the, those people that know me know I got started in, uh, in network marketing and direct sales. Mm -hmm. And it's really been the pivotal part of my success, really that foundation yeah. that was laid. And, um, and like you said, the most fertile part of your mind and is, is the seven inches between your ears, and it is. And that's why direct sales um, was a big piece of my success because it, it sculpted me at a young age. Mm -hmm. And I, I was talking about this um, yesterday with a buddy of mine, and, and I just told him, I said, look, you know, I said the hardest thing for most people is, is the mental side of this, mm -hmm. you know, because I was talking about one of my sales guys that works for me. And, um, and if people can get through the mental side of business, um, and, uh, entrepreneurship, they'll succeed. Yeah. But, um, but it's a hard part to get through because right. business is not that hard. You mm -hmm. know, it's like you wake up, um, just like you, you would, if you go and work any traditional job and you put systems together and you work them. Um, but it's the mental side of right. it. And so when you go through struggles in life, um, you, you learn mm -hmm. or you should learn. Right. right. And so that was a big piece. And so I, I got started um, in college. I was in pharmacy school and um, and I was burnt out after after a, a few semesters um, into my core curriculum. You know, so I was a few years into college and I saw a network marketing company and I, I started learning concepts. I never was taught, you know, just like just like you. Yeah. And I was caught, man, hook, line and sinker. And um, and I, I drank I drank the juice, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I think so. That's what kind of where the, the stories, I guess, connect. And for myself as well, I wasn't necessarily in school. I was kind of kidding myself trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I felt like my dream space was closing in. Like, you know, hey, you know, instead of thinking this big, maybe, maybe you know, what if you could, what if you just achieved this, that you'd be happy, right? Kind of, kind of talking yourself yeah. down. And I'd say that's, that was right when I saw the opportunity, if you will, and uh, it was a transition for me. Like I think a lot of stuff is for people. They they have this learning uh, that they have to go through. Some may go through the military, uh, others, you know, college, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. For me, um, it was, I, I was just talking about it earlier, it was more about like brainwashing myself in the way that I was trained to think yep. uh, since I was a kid and shedding all of that and kind of just 
rebuilding yourself from a different perspective. And, yeah, a whole different and, perspective and so before the success came, the mindset came first and knowing like, Hey, no matter what, like I'm good now, like things are going to work themselves out yeah. because you become confident in where you're going. Right. And who you are. Yep. And so no matter what direction, um, you know, I guess Avenue you go, um, it, it's with, that was a vehicle for me back then to kind of transform. Yeah, and it was. And you know that it helped me a lot because I went through harder times um, in 2000, in, in 1997, going into 1998, when the FTC actually shut us down. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing worse than figuring out how to make money. Right. And then it'd be pulled away from you completely. Right. And that's where my real estate stuff came in. Okay. But through the means, I wasn't a straight A student. Right. I, I, I was a C student my whole life. I was dyslexic and I struggled in school. I, yeah. I mean, I did. Um, I got through school fist fighting and, you know, the whole nine yards, you know, <laughs> Our backgrounds so, get even more, <laughs> more similar anyways. So, yeah. So, you know, I, we, I grew up with a bunch of cousins. We grew up in a real aggressive um, environment, not aggressive in a bad way, mm-hmm. in a good way, very competitive, very yeah. competitive environment growing up. And we wrestled and we were in sports and, you know, everything in life was about competition. And I think that's really what sculpted my ability to make things seem easier mm-hmm. when I was going through hard times was that um, we went through so much of that as kids, right? Right. And I don't know that there's enough of that in the world today. So I try to instill that actually in my kids, not the fist fighting part, right? Just, yeah. just, just the sports, the competitive nature, the good parts of it. And, um, and so as I, as I got into um, direct sales and um, I struggled for several years, it wasn't like immediate success. As you know, the company was hard. Yeah. You know, we were selling water filters in a day um, and telling <laughs> people that, that they needed them yeah. and, and telling them that they were going to pay more for water than they were for gasoline exactly. um, in the early 90s. Um, when the only water on the shelves was Evian mm-hmm. and the what, distilled water for the radiator of your cars. And, um, and you know, and, and we were successful doing yeah. it, you know, it just, um, but the wool was pulled out from underneath us in 1997 and I had to start all over again. And I, I was able to utilize everything I went through. I said, okay, well, this is a great time to go back to school, finish my degree. Mm-hmm. So I did. And the first time in my life, I went back to school because of the mindset and I got straight A's wow. and I didn't, I didn't work extra hard for them. I just knew that if I was able to go through what I went through mm-hmm. for the five years that I was in direct sales, that there was no reason that I couldn't go through school. School seemed easy. Right. And so I did. And I went back and, and I only had two semesters to graduate and I, I put them in, came back, came back home. And um, in that interim time, um, my brother-in-law got into, uh, his boss got um, shut down for tax evasion. So he went to go get his contractor's license, asked, asked me if I'd help him. And so I went and started taking classes with him. It was like a, it was like a two week deal. And, um, I used to sand for him when I was in college just okay. to make ends meet. And so that's how I got experience in construction. I just was a laborer and I did that in the summer times. I'd go to school full of white dust from drywall, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, show up to class like that. And so I was able to get my, my time verified and I got my contractor's license. He didn't show up that day to take the test. And I did, and I got my, my, uh, general contractor's license. And so I didn't know anything about construction, but I knew how to sell. Right. And I knew business, a little bit of business enough to get myself in, in, in either in trouble yeah. or, or to get going. And, um, and I just had an attitude that I had everything in life to gain at that point in time and nothing in my life to lose. Cause I felt like I'd already lost everything mm-hmm. financially. My credit was trashed. And, um, and so I went at it with my head down and the first year we did $1.2 million in uh, gross revenue Wow! and, um, it was a good year, you know, and, uh, what year was this? It was in 1998. Yeah. Before we go any further, I do want to touch on it cause it just, it resonates. And I talk to uh, whenever I 
I'm talking to someone, we're, we're doing truth or comfort. Yeah. You know, it's something that resonates with me. So I just, I'm going to point it out, like, especially maybe younger people or people that whether it falls on you or not, um, you touched on it, but I'm going to just point it out a little bit more. Like your first successes came from your childhood experiences, whether yeah. it was probably wrestling your cousins to getting into a sport yep. and having success in a sport. Yeah. And for me, I, it, the same thing. Like I would always think like, hey, I could beat this person wrestling. Like there's no way that they're going to outwork me. So yeah. you're not going to outwork me. I'm going to outwork you. And, you know, so I got competitive that way. And that that became that building block. And then yeah. the next, I would say, from that sport to really the next level was, you know, the network marketing company. Yeah. Right. And then you have this kind of fall Decline. off and you you think, OK, or, or starting over, like, was it all a fluke? You know, am I lucky or did I actually deserve this? Is it, you know, um, and so you find yourself starting over again. Yeah. And again and again. And pretty soon you're not necessarily pulling from the sports, but in the beginning it's that building block that kind of stair steps up where you I would always think about it as a kid, like reaching back, pulling that forward, saying, Okay, this yeah, this is, you know, something it's you know, like your confidence is key or it's like it is like uh the feather for Dumbo or something like that. Yeah. Like I would laugh about it, but early early years, that's exactly what I would that, that's exactly it. And you know that uh, it, it's funny because um, I, tell my, I tell my wife this with our kids. You know, I tell them, look, I, the whole goal is not for them to be Olympians or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. They're talented athletes. But um, what the goal is is to work them so hard as kids and get them so disciplined as kids that everything else in life seems easy or seems normal, right? Right, right. And, um, and that's what he gave me. It gave me that ability. We worked so hard as kids and we were so competitive. We had such good coaches back then. That's what kills me today is that I think we've lost, the world's gotten softer for sure. Yeah. And, um, and, and unfortunately the kids are affected by it. And, and, uh, when I started owning a bunch of subway stores and I was hiring a bunch of kids, I saw it and it was, it was, a it was an eye opener for me. It was a realization that, and, and I, I started through the time. I changed the model of how I actually managed my managers and um, instructed them to uh, to do things and train people because I realized that if a parent didn't teach their kids simple basic skills to the kid, to that kid was 16, 17, 18 years old, then they come in to me, you can't fix stupid, right? Yeah. And, and that was the term I would use. I say you can't fix stupid. Like they, you got stupid parents raising stupid kids, unfortunately. And I mean that, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean in a real, realist, in a real way. Right. Because it's 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 happening, and uh, we got a second generation of um, of stupid parents raising stupid kids, and I can't, I couldn't fix it, and it was frustrating. So I used to tell my my staff, I say, look, you hire busy kids. If they're if they're in high school and you're hiring someone in high school or in college. They have to be doing school plus something. Yeah. They can't just be doing school. They have to be doing school plus something. I don't care if it's chess club. I didn't care if it was um, if they were in sports. I didn't care if they were in band. I didn't care what they were in. They right. just had to be doing school plus something because those were the best. Those were the best workers. Yeah. Those the busier the you are, the more you get done. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it was the same thing with with what I did in life, right? So it was no different. I didn't have no different expectations than what I did. Right. And so I just figured, look, if that's what I did, and that's, it's no different than the way I raised my kids. Right. And so to your point, it's all those life experiences that have perlated us to just push and push. And, and really, 
I don't worry about a lot of stuff because I know that everything kind of falls into place over the course of time. Mm-hmm. I think when you go through shit, right? When you just go through through life and there's just, and, and life happens because life is life. Yeah. And you go through shit. Shit happens, but things balance out at some point in time. And if you just let um, the world take its its grace, you know, um, you know, it, things always work out. Yeah. In life, so, so I there's a silver lining in here for you kids. See if any kids are watching or anybody in general. Yes, I I say it too. Like, um, we're in different times. Yeah, it's easy though for you to stand out. And it is if if you don't have to be exceptional at all things. Just being a, a hard worker will get you ahead. I always say these two things. Do what you say you're going to do and outwork everybody and, and you'll be successful. It's it's really, yep. uh, I think, comes down to that. You don't need to invent anything. You don't need to do anything crazy. If you just stick with those basics, that uh, that should work. Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. That's all right. This goes on in my office too, by the way, so don't – yeah, so it's fine. We um, – you know, um, consistency – consistency yeah. so those two things and you you add consistency to it and that's the biggest thing is i tell my kids that i said don't worry about i said the kids that that start on top when they're young that's a real hard place to stay mm, forever yeah and so i said they they will fall at some point in time because life 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 just has its way of taking its turns i said the way you get there is sometimes in my opinion it's better to experience life the hearts the mm-hmm. hardships of life going through ups and downs, um, the challenges of trying to get to the top. Yep. Um, because one, the appreciation is, is greater. And two, you don't have to live to that, to that, to those expectations forever. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so, but to get there, it, it does take exactly what you said with hard work and stuff, but consistency, you got to be consistent in the long run and just continue at it. Even when, um, when things are tough and if you stay consistent in it, even if you're horrible at it, you'll make it. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. no, I, you, you're uh, you're 100 percent right, and I think that's there's not just the appreciation for it though. Like if you're already there, like I could think of some very gifted people, uh, you know, um, whether it was in sports, uh, in a combination of um, academically and things like that, where stuff just came to them. Yeah. I, I remember uh, Rob's probably not watching this, but I remember this guy, phenomenal wrestler, um, you know, it, it, very gifted. Very yeah. gifted and academically straight-A student. And I just remember, like, I'd go two, three days without eating, and he would, you know, be eating in front of me before weighing, saying how hard it was to cut weight. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, I haven't <laughs> like eaten, eaten in three days. You know what I mean? But uh, so it, I, I'm not saying that he didn't appreciate it. I'm just saying I definitely worked a little harder at it uh, during that time. And, and uh, I don't know, it just it – just, uh, it made me appreciate it more, I guess, yeah, but also uh, you, you learn to kind of climb the rung over and over and over again versus, you know, you see some people get knocked down that are on top and then they they end up um, kind of self-medicating or doing some yep. some uh, things that are maybe a little destructive. So, you know, for those of you that have to work for it, hey, it's work good. for it. Work like for there's it. no there's no when I worked for Washington Mutual um, it was one of my come-ups, right? I I didn't finish school, dyslexic, all that good stuff. The president of of the bank at the time would say, you know, there's no substitute for hard work. And really, that's true. There is no substitute for it. And uh, I'm not saying just be busy to be busy, but if you're being busy and productive, it goes noticed. Yeah, Yeah, results. Yeah. Yeah, results are what make a difference. So so you get into – 
you, you take your GC license. I mean, now you're you're doing big projects, man. You've uh, we talked. You you have stuff that you've partnered with uh, Ty Lopez on. You've done some. Um, I don't know. The projects you're doing here in Phoenix are big. Like you got a, took a project from us, and now we're like, oh man, how come we didn't do that project? And you're doing <laughs> it, and here to show us like, hey man, uh, this is what we're gonna do, and here's what we're gonna make. And we're like, oh wait, hey, we we might have missed the mark on that one. So yeah. kudos okay. to you guys. But uh, let's talk about some of the stuff because yeah. you're doing some really cool stuff, like really cool stuff. I don't, I don't, I honestly, you know, I don't know how you manage it all. Yep. So let's let's talk about some of the projects if 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 we could and then maybe you know how you got there and and uh, you know what your what your struggles are right now and uh, you know what you're looking at like in the future. Yeah. Like, so so we so I got but as I got into real estate, I started just doing not, uh, stuff for clients. Right. And we still do it today. We have a full on construction company even today. Yeah. Um, but we uh, we evolved. Uh, almost instantaneously. Once you got a mind of an entrepreneur in business, you, you things just kind of move, right? Like you tell, if I tell my story in a storybook fashion, it seems really um, almost like a lie or unrealistic because I had so much stuff going on all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's what's allowed me to be able to manage and understand how to manage the stuff that we have all over the country right now. You right. Know? And so um, I got into buying um, little buildings and, and single family homes back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And um, I would rent them just because I wanted assets. I didn't. I didn't want to be back stuck like I was in 1997. Yeah. And so I didn't know anything about real estate. In fact, I didn't even know I was like a real estate person, right? So like, I had millions and millions of dollars in real estate um, that I had developed, and I still just considered myself just a business guy, you right. know, just a general business entrepreneur, right? And um, and it evolved, and life evolved, and, and that's and that's the important thing is to is to recognize something and just let life take its course um, while you push. Well, you push it. In. And so we went from single family homes. I hated the single family home rental market. It just wasn't my deal. Um, so I sold them okay. and I started buying commercial buildings. And really the real reason that I, I started buying commercial buildings is because I was forced out of my house where I ran my business. Um, my neighbors literally took me to court. They said, okay, no more. And I knew it was coming. So I started looking at buildings. And the same way that you bought the building that we're sitting in is very similar to how I bought my first building. Um, owner finance deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it was just a distressed asset. I came in, I, I, I got a low interest rate from a guy who inherited it from his, his, his deceased father. Didn't know, wasn't a real estate guy, didn't know anything about it. I took the property, I stabilized it, I renovated it real simple and, um, and we leased it. And it was, you know, where it came from was, um, still, I go back to my network marketing. We were working out of training centers and I didn't know how to make a living in network marketing, but I was leasing offices nationwide and I was selling desk based. To oh, distributors, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. $250 for half a desk, 500 for a full desk. And I would pay my rent and I would get food on my table by leasing desk space to distributors. Wow. And so it was the same concept in my, in my mind, in my simple little petty real estate mind at that time. I was like, shit. Maximizing the price per square foot for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back in those days, yeah. we were definitely maximizing the price per square foot. So I took that simple concept and I said, I'm not going to pay for my, um, for my own office. I'm going to, I'm going to get other people to pay for it for me. And it was as simple as that. And that same building, I own it today. It's made me millions of dollars. I think we've grossed a little over $2.5 million on that building. Wow. I paid 200 and a quarter for it, put about $50,000 in renovations. That's awesome. And, um, and it's been, and my office is still there today. Um, I'm real simple. I, I don't, I don't, um, I'm not real flashy with stuff like that. I just, it's been, it's been a, a great asset. Um, I've kept things simple. Um, you humble yourself when you go through, through tough beginnings. Yeah. You know? 
And, um, and it works, right? Yeah. And so, we've grown and evolved so, through in other ways. So, so you don't drive around in a Lamborghini or anything? No, I've been, uh, people have been putting pressure on me to buy one. Yeah, yeah. Know? All right. But I tell them, I go, man, I, I got my kids and um, I got my Porsche. I got my 911 Carrera, yeah. you know, and I got my, my, all my motorcycles and stuff. And I got a garage full of bikes and fun toys, dirt bikes and street bikes and everything else. But um, where do I use it? Yeah, well, I will say, like, when I'm um, on your Instagram, when I'm looking at your content, what you're sharing, I mean, you're sharing real deals, right? So that's what I appreciate. And I think, you know, a lot of people do um, show their liabilities, you know. Yeah. And I like that you're actually sharing the, the, the you know, content that people could take and put to use, yeah. right? So it's... I like that. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. We have a light, nice lifestyle, right? Like, I, right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not living, we're not living, we're not hurting. Right. Any stretch of the imagination, right? So it's, it's been good. You know, we, we, we live in a, in, a, in a house that's way more than what we need, right? But yeah. we bought it right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the key. And um, so it's evolving. So you were asking, you know, like, how, what do we got going on now and how it evolved? It started off like that. Simple, just one simple building. And, and then I started building them. Um, and I, I started building multiple and then I started, um, I, I decided, Hey, I, I wanted to figure out if I want to buy land and start building some houses. I tried one back in like 2000, 2001. Uh, my dad's an accountant. He built one house in his life. It was our home. And my dad, I, I invited him over and said, dad, help me, help me go through the process of like building a house. Just like anybody that's never built mm-hmm. a house, like the exact process. Like, what did you do when you built our house when we were a kid? Right. And we sat down. Now he wasn't a builder. We just sat down. We wrote it out. I put an Excel spreadsheet together. He was an accountant. He was able to help me build that Excel spreadsheet. Um, I still I still use it as an expense sheet today. The same mm. thing we've wow. utilized it, um, and and you know we I, I had success on that first build. I made like eighty grand, um, and I did it in like four months. I, I'm a management machine, you know. I am. I, I push people hard. Um, I always have. And then I was able to go out in that same year. I built two more, so I built three my first year, and those next two I made like ninety thousand. Wow! And this in early two thousands. Plus I had my company going, and by that time we were doing multiple seven figures a year. And um, just a few years into the company, and I had buildings, little buildings, just little small 8,000, 10,000, 12,000 square foot buildings that I bought trashed, and, and we fixed them up. And I started building them new. Where was this at? This is all in uh, the Albuquerque market. Okay. In the Albuquerque and Rio Rancho market. And then I, I evolved and I started moved out here to the Phoenix market when the recession hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing work out here. We are doing work in Peoria, um, taking contracts on cement work um, okay. with our construction company back then. We weren't buying real estate back then. Um, but this Phoenix market saved my ass in 2009. Um, we, uh, when the recession hit, I had office complexes that I was building new construction. They were, they were our assets. Um, they weren't for clients. They were mine. I had retail centers. Um, we, got, we got caught in that whole mess. I had a ton of homes going up. Um, thankfully, I was debt-free on my homes. We were a okay. debt-free company in the, build, on the, in the construction side. So we were building all our homes um, cash but not on our commercial buildings. And so I had a lot of debt on those. And um, I was grateful that I had multiple revenue streams because I was able to afford the debt that mm. I had on those properties. And yeah, most didn't, so. No, we didn't. And that, that's really what kept us alive. And, um, and we squeezed by it. I mean, there was time I sat, I remember Christmas time, <laughs> uh, 2008, my son was not even a year old yet. And I remember turning to my wife and I, was, I sat there and I looked at her and I was sitting in the office and I think, I'm a numbers guy. Yeah. Numbers I know. And I sat down and I, t- I literally calculated how much I needed to finish and complete projects that I had going. The banks had stopped funding shit for us. It was frustrating. And, um, and I was like, you know, you'd never missed a payment. You'd never, um, you'd, you'd never, your financial, my financials were fine, but the banks cut us off because yeah. it was a big financial crisis. 
and it was temperature taking. I had money in the bank, but I had to finish and fund these projects. I had, a, and then I had to fund payroll and I had all this other expenses, right? And the, and our phones had stopped ringing. And so I yeah. sat down, down and I, I started doing math and I turned to my wife and I said, shit, man, we can afford this till about March, maybe April. I said, I don't care if you're shopping at Ross or Neiman Marcus, you need to stop shopping because I, I had it broken down to, to a, a T and I said, I, I just, if, if we don't need it, we don't, don't buy it. Yeah. You know, I said, and I, she said it was the first time in her life she looked at me and she saw worry in my eyes and, um, and I was worried for a short time, but, um, but I went back to work immediately. I mean, I, I never stopped working. I just, yeah. I went straight through it. And, um, and I said, you know what, man, I'm going to do the grace of God. I'm going to do everything that I can in my power to continue working and, uh, and push through this. And then I'm just going to have to put the rest in God's hands. And I came to Phoenix by that April, I was buying stuff again here in Phoenix. And we our rev, our phones were ringing a little bit more by April of 2009. And, um, we pushed through it. And then since then we came to Phoenix, we started buying I wouldn't even call it C class real estate. I'd call it like D <laughs> yeah. D class real estate. Man. I think we're buying the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm buying single family homes for twenty nine thousand bucks. Yeah, I'm buying I'm buying fourplexes for forty thousand bucks, and um, and it was a time when immigration was a big deal here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uh, political stuff going on with immigration. It's exactly when I came down yeah. from Seattle was during that exact same time when they were had that new law come out and I was like, yes, this is, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is going to be a, in my opinion, like a pendulum shift, like people will freak out, but there has to be some normalcy that comes from it. But by the craziness happens, like, let's just go down in there and see like, yeah, what we could find. And so, yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. And yeah. So Anyways, I'm sorry. I didn't no, it's you. good because it, it just gives validation. So like, so I, so literally like people ask, so this, 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 my dad thought it was crazy. He goes, so you're buying re- more real estate and you, and you have a bunch of real estate you can't handle right now. And that was really the truth of it was the fact that I had real estate that was, was taking, it was trying to take me down and I was buying more real estate to afford yeah. the real estate I already had. Right? <laughs> so logically it didn't make sense to people, but in my mind, mm-hmm. I had a plan, right? Yeah, I mean, what uh, Warren Buffett says, you know, when there's, you know, what's it, what is it when there's blood in the streets, you know, eat, whatever, whatever that saying is, like, even if you have to uh, eat your own, I don't even, I can't remember what it is, but anyways, double down is essentially down, what yeah. I'm trying trying to get at, but no, you're a hundred percent right. So you came here. Prior to that, I was going into Detroit buying stuff for like four grand, five grand. Yeah, that stuff in Detroit at that time was really, really distressed. Huge yeah. drug, a lot, lot of drug infiltration, a lot of Well, a lot of people had left because GM, like their entire workforce was gone. G- gone, and there was no work. And so you had two million residents in only five uh, homes, but only 500,000 people living there. So, yeah, yeah it was the whole city was on fire, literally. Yeah. Well, I remember coming out here. I remember driving down to Avondale, and I bought a house, 70000 bucks. There was a brand-new home that was built like nine months prior for 70000 I think it sold for two ninety eight or something like that. And I remember jumping on a wall. And this was my realization, right? Like I had already flown into Vegas. That was depressing, man. Mm. That was just people living on the backside of Sahara in tents and just – like now it's normal there, right? Like you go there now and it's like normal. There's still tents there. But back yeah. then it wasn't normal. So when I saw that, it was depressing. And I was like, damn, this market's so depressed that I uh, I don't even know if I can get my my heart wrapped around it. Mm-hmm. California was overwhelming. I, I flew out to California. It was overwhelming. Um, just the prices were still high, as low as they had dropped. And it was very overwhelming. 
Um, and, uh, and I remember flying out to Florida. I didn't know that market was, it was as far stretched from home. So Arizona made sense. We literally went through the same stuff. I was in Washington. I was like, Florida's too far. Detroit's getting to be a lot of work. I got, you know, Palm Springs. If I grow a network there, it's going to be like, it's, I hit a limit versus just in Vegas was, um, um, you know, just different for those of you that live in Vegas. It's a good place. You go to Henderson's places, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's, it's but, different. Yeah. So I felt like Phoenix had all this inventory, but also all this opportunity to grow. And, and my thought was, all right, well, it's two and a half hour, three hour flight. And I could start accumulating some stuff and, and kind of come down, do a vacation kind of thing. Yeah. Um, enjoy the weather, get out of Seattle and pick up properties and just start yeah. accumulating them that way. So that was, that was the original goal. Those of you watching, this is our new logo. <laughs> Don't worry, I got the same type of logos in my okay, office, yeah, yeah. man. So yeah, we here we go. It's back. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, anyways, uh, very very similar. That's it's kind of crazy how uh, how that process worked for both of us. Yeah, and I, and I had a lot of other stuff going on at the same time. So, like for, for those of you guys who are are looking at listening to what we're talking about and thinking, okay, well, they, they hit this perfect market. It, it wasn't quite like that, um, especially not at that time. No, like it was, that's a hindsight. It's 20, like you, no one else, you're doing the, the, it's not, it wasn't normal. That's for sure. People were like, are you crazy? That's why houses were four or five grand yeah. in Detroit because no one else was really doing it. Yeah. There was very little competition. The Canadians were coming down here. Mm. That was our biggest competition was yeah. Canadians. The Canadians were coming down. They saw the opportunity. They were our biggest competitors back then. Um, I still had vacant um, buildings and I, I didn't know what to do with them. I couldn't sell them. I was into them too much uh, as far as construction costs. I went started opening up a bunch of subway stores and I started buying a bunch. So I started opening them up to put them in my buildings mm. because I was exercising the Ray Kroc model. Like, you know, McDonald's, Ray Kroc didn't make his money in hamburgers, right? He right. made his money in real estate. It's the largest holding company of real estate worldwide, even over the Catholic Church, is the McDonald's Corporation. It's not McDonald's. The McDonald's Corporation, it's a real estate holding company. Right. People, most people don't know that. And, um, and he utilized the, the, the funds that he'd get from franchisees to pay for the real estate. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at that and I, I looked at McDonald's, I looked at everything. I looked at Panera Breads. I looked at uh, Smashburger. I looked at everything. And... Subway at the time had all their ducks in a row, and, um, and it was a simple, duplicatable model. And so I started buying Subway stores, but I didn't want to run Subway stores. It was not my deal. So I started buying a lot of them to create an infrastructure that I could afford middle management, um, mm. you know, regional, re regional uh, managers, uh, store managers. And so I was like, okay, I need to buy a lot of them. I need 15 friggin' stores. And right. so I started just buying Subway stores. And I started putting them in my, in my buildings. I started buying other ones and creating infrastructure. But the means of it was to pay for my real estate. And then I started selling them back off to other franchisees, and I wanted the leases. And so we, uh, and then I started doing beauty salons. I became an, uh, I became, a, um, an Aveda certified bio, um, biologic certified and I started with beauty salons Wow! and we started, uh, and I, I exercised a simple model. In fact, on knowledge society with Ty Lopez is one of the ways that I, I got to know him. I did a, a full course on how to go from zero to six figures in, um, in 60 days, how to take any company from zero to six figures, 60 days. And I did a full course on knowledge society on that. And, um, and we, the whole business model when I opened the salons was how do I get them to net $8,000 a month net in the first 60 days and then sell them to the girls that worked for me and mm -hmm. just take the leases and yeah. stabilize my properties. And that was the business model. We did it. Yeah. 
And so, and then we came here and bought real estate. That's so, that's so crazy. I, I like, I like it. You are at the end of the day, like the entrepreneurs coming out, you're finding ways to pay for, for your real estate or stabilize it on the stuff that you're probably bleeding from just to get it to stop or slow it down at that point. I don't know if there was stopping anything on the commercial. The commercial was... We're getting killed. Yeah. By the time I got into it, I bought, I was thinking of moving my business down here. And so I was like, there's this, you know, 2000 square foot building. It's got these little five suites outside um, and a separate building. Very cute. So I was like, I'll just rent these out. And I stumbled on that and did... Uh, executive suites to start and it filled up in the middle of august here which you know i was like wow this is there's something going on like let's try this again and again and again and again and again and pretty soon like in old town scottsdale we had you know a handful of buildings that we still have and we still use that exact same model to this day out there right so and then kind of progressively just got into to other stuff but um very similar we like we had a franchise Emerald City Smoothie and we would do the same type of thing, right? So we weren't necessarily using it to, this was in Seattle, um, kind of like California, the prices didn't mm-hmm. drop enough, but taking these assets, repositioning them, getting them um, to perform at a higher uh, dollar amount than maybe the previous person had them. And then we would sell them and do seller yeah. financing on them yep. and then re- exactly. you know, retain that income stream. And if they defaulted, we would, you know. Get the asset back. Yeah, and do yeah. it again. So. Yeah. so we did the same thing with the subway stores. We did have some that defaulted. I landed up with my uh, my mall stores that were in general growth properties, Simon's properties back, mm. you know. I landed yeah. up having to exercise some limited liabilities buying out of my out of my leases. But what was good is I was able to take the tax write-offs on those. Yeah. I was able to depreciate the asset down. I took like, I took like half a million dollars in tax write-offs that year just from subway stores that we shut down. I made more money shutting them down than I would have selling them. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. And so people don't realize that stuff. And see, that's what really like this stuff is really about is it's about learning because, you know, you learn so much through the course of life, you know, and if people, my mom told me I got in a bad car accident my senior in high school and, um, and it was tough. You know, I, I almost killed my, my closest cousin and one of my best friends, two of my best friends. And, um, and, and I, you go to school and, um, and I was in my cars and so you know, you get um, ridiculed a little bit. And I remember my mom telling me, and I, this was always stuck with me. She goes, look, Jerome, you could sit here and sulk. My mom's, she's a five foot tall, just, she's a little beast of a woman. Mm-hmm. 70 years old, still runs five miles every single day. Wow. Wakes up at 5 a.m. every day. That's, you know? that's great. She went to go visit my brother in New York City. Asked what he did. She goes, oh, I get up and run um, Central Park all by herself, five o'clock in the morning. You know, 70 years old. She just turned 70 last, last week. That's so cool. And, um, and she goes, look, Jerome, you can sit here and sulk or you can, but life happens and you can take the good out of it or the bad out of it. But God makes everything happen for a reason. So find the good, figure it out and take that and, and let yourself go with all the bad. Right. Mm. And, um, and she was just that type of person. Um, she didn't have any success training. You know, my mom grew up so, so poor in a really small town and, and, um, they fought for everything they got, man. When 18 years old, they got a, they got a, um, they got enough money to take the bus into, into town and find a job. And, and they, my grandma packed their suitcases and moved them out, man. They were just, that was just it. You wow. Know? Family of 12, her dad passed away at the age of five. And, um, and that, that was the way they were raised and that's the way she raised us. And so, um, so, so a nice little sack lunch and your stuff packed and yeah, you're man. out. That's it. And you're done. Similar so, to, it was, it's good. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the best thing you could do. Yeah, it is. And, um, so, you know, we, um, 
So we, you know, and it, that's helped me through all of what we went through and even through what we go through now, you know, yeah. no, nothing's like a perfect, nothing's like a perfect paved road, right? Right. You know, we, we battle challenges. Um, life's good. We, we've been very, very blessed. Um, you know, I've, I've been thankful that God's given me health. And I was, that's what I pray for every night. I say, God, just keep me healthy, man. Because if you keep me healthy, mm. you know, everything else that's come is is uh, is icing on the cake as long as I got health, you right. know, at this point. Um, yeah, you're on the go a lot. Like, he's here today going to meet a mayor of one of the towns to they're doing some projects and touring the mayor around uh, some of those. That's pretty cool. Like, yeah. I don't know if I've ever... You know, got to do a, a bus tour with the mayor, so that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we have we get a we've, we've got to get in some interesting interesting positions, and um, we've we've met some really interesting people over the years. Yeah, um, people are people, and mm-hmm. you know, and like you say, some of the names that we're that we're working with. You know, I was just with Brad down in Vegas, and uh, Brad and I have been spending a lot of time on the phone together, and uh, we'll, we'll probably do some stuff together. You know, he'll tell me to tell you hi. Okay, you know, good stuff. So yeah, Brad told me to tell you hi. And um, he told me the same to- story you told him. He said, yeah, he's the only person I've ever had to kick out of my office, man. Because <laughs> he, he, like, set up shop here, man. Like, camped out here, man. <laughs> yeah, I was like that guy behind Sierra, Sierra the, the hotel. I just made a camp inside Brad's office. We were there so, for three months. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. Brad, one thing I like about Bradley is he's a relationship dude, man. And he's uh, he's very transparent. You can, you know, fits my mold perfect, man. Yeah. Because I'm just kind of a no bullshit type of person. And I just... Um, and I go at it, you know, I just, and, uh, so anyways, he told me to tell you hi. And, um, and yeah, we, you know, the way we exercise those relationships is through doing this right here. Mm-hmm. You know, we do, um, you know, we're doing some business together right now, yeah. you know, and, um, and I, I kind of seek out people and I try to figure out who's doing shit right. And, um, who isn't. And, um, the people that aren't, I caution myself and I caution and I, and I keep, I pay attention to what they're doing and, and make sure I stay within arm's length of it. And, um, and then the people that are doing stuff right, and I see making moves, I try to collaborate with, and we uh, and we build teams, and that's how we manage stuff. You know, I, I, I have good partners. Mm-hmm. It was my downfall for the longest time. Um, my, I, you know, I, I used to be, I'm, I am a control freak. Yeah. And so I, I ran everything myself until 2000, uh, until, um, yeah, 2018 was when I first, I, I finally sat down. I was like, okay. 2016, I started changing my mindset a little bit. I said, okay, I'm getting a little bit older. Um, I can't c- continue at this same pace forever. And I can selfishly try to do all this on my own and kill myself doing it, yeah. you know, and, um, or I can figure out how to partner with good people. Mm-hmm. And so in, and so in 2018, January of 2018 is when I first set up my first Facebook page. We really started in this press and said, okay, if I'm going to do this, um, I'm going to do it right. And even if I have to buy my way to the top with people. And so I almost did that. That's how I got in with Ty and those guys. So okay. for those people that are sitting back going, okay, how'd you get in the relationships? I, I mean, I, I paid for the same way that, that we tell people, look, you got to invest in yourself. Um, I, um, I knew that the only way to get in with these guys is I, I went in, I invested a couple hundred grand with Grant, went to 10X as an investor. Okay. Um, got to meet with all the speakers. You mm-hmm. know, it was my first experience being back in the spotlight of events and, um, and trainings and all that stuff again, 2018. And, um, and I, uh, and that was how I got in there was by putting a couple hundred thousand in. And then, um, and then I met Ty and I, I, I was the first person to sign up for his, uh, his, um, inner circle of a uh, mentorship for his, uh, um, for his mastermind. Is was, that the one he did at his house? Yeah. It was when he did his yeah. house, 25 grand. It was the first one. I was like, I, I was begging him to take my credit card. <laughs> I literally was begging him. I was like, here, man, and just, 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 just put it on my card, man. Just, yeah. just put it on my card. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. And, um. And, and I did. I, I was the first one there, and uh, I, 
I, I put on my card right there on the spot when I heard that he, he was offering that and I, I was going to get a, a chance to just be around everybody. And I just figured if I delivered all my experience, because I knew that mm-hmm. there was a bunch of bullshit out there, right? Yeah. And I, I saw that and I wasn't interested in that. And that's kind of what kept me away from the spotlight mm-hmm. and social media for a long time. And, um, and my wife would tell me, because you undercredit your knowledge. Big yeah. Time. And I had one of my closest friends, my, my, my like a brother, my uh, my buddy Rick is is one of my closest. He was also an Equinox. That's where we met. Okay. Our egos hit in, in Madison, Wisconsin, and we landed up in San Antonio together. And and uh, he's my he's my brother, true brother from another mother. You know, okay. he really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And um, and Rick was pressuring me, man. He's like, look, bro, you got like Jerome, you got so much going on. You got to you got to get yourself out there. Yeah. And through their push um, between my wife and, and Rick, I so here I sit, right? And um, and yeah. I pushed and I said, okay, if we're going to do this, I'm going to do it all in. And I invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into not programs, but masterminds and being around people and yeah. just trying to push myself in. And I said, okay, if we're going to do this, let's push it. Let's really do a good push. And so I've been able to partner with good people because mm-hmm. of my push and persistence. And so I didn't go to these events trying to network with the people in them. Not that there was anything wrong with them. In fact, some of my business partners actually came from those. But I wanted, I wanted to go straight to the top. And I think most people get intimidated by going straight to the top. And that was my, my business model. I was like, look, I've been there. Um, I've, uh, I've done well. I deserve to be at the top. Yeah. And I believe that. And um, so I pushed at it. Well, and quite honestly, like the level that you're running at, you know, I would say like, we're doing stuff that I don't see people doing. You're yeah. doing like next level stuff, which is really cool. Like, yeah, I don't see anybody doing what you guys are doing. Yeah. Like, like literally. So it's hats off to you guys. You guys are crushing it. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah it's and it's it's all it's all day in the office. It's all it really really is. In all honesty, well, it's all started like so. You touched on something early on. I just wanted to circle back with it. Like, you started with single family and then ended up selling those. For those of you getting into it, it's where I started too. It's just not really where my focus is anymore. It's commercial, yep. commercial repurposing, stuff like that. So, but you got to start somewhere. So yeah. the residential yeah. piece starting there and it's kind of working through it. Like it's just an evolution process is what I say. So um, no matter where you're at, though, get started. R- real estate has been a phenomenal vehicle for us and it's just something that you get to plug into and you get to utilize that to get to where you're you want to go and it just so happens that we all need real estate to some degree right so if you could provide value in that whether it's a place to work live um you know you name it i think that that's that's key in finding that spot so you guys um it's been phenomenal having you on like yeah, I know you, we're watching the time because uh, someone's got a, uh, a lunch with the mayor. So we got <laughs> to make sure that uh, we're keeping an eye on that. So, but gosh, you know, when you, we should, I want to have you back on and we could kind of go through some more stuff. I'd love yep. to, you know, even post some of the stuff that you guys are doing right now, doing some big conversions and yeah. 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 Yeah, repurposing a lot of real estate, similar to what you guys do. We're taking distressed assets and turning them into viable mm-hmm. cash flowing properties and stuff again. Um, but no, it's it's, it's been good. Um, and and John is one hundred percent right. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is listening to people like yourself um, that have been through all of what we've went through and simplifying it for people. Because you know, it's funny people resist, right? And um, and I get people like even the sales guys that work for me, and they're they're talking to people. And I said. And I'll tell my sales guys, see, look, you're, you're jacking this person up. This person needs my help. Like, mm-hmm. they really need my help. Um, I'm, I, I listen to some of the calls that they're on, and I'll sit back and I'll say, look, 
you got to close this person because if you don't call them, I'm going to call them because they need me. And not that they need me, not like to pat my back, but I see the direction they're going. And it was directions that I, that I traveled 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me straighten this out for you because if you don't, you're going to ride a 15-year path that I rode. And why ride that path? You know, right. work, with, work with us. And, and, and it's great. You know, we're able to, that's how we're able to get good partners, good people. Um, is, um, life kind of has a way of circling it itself. But um, educating yourself around the right influences is, is important for me. I know it was for you because you came from the same – the yeah. same mentorship yeah. that I did early years, yeah. you know? And, um, and so here we sit, man, um, 20 plus years later. And, um, and it's cool, man, that, that, that life kind of takes a full circle and the world really is really small and there's not a lot of competition out there, ladies and gentlemen. So for those of you guys who are watching this and you guys feel like the whole world is stacked against you, there's a lot of room up at the top, you know, not yeah. that I've gotten there, you know, I'm still striving for, for stuff. Absolutely. Every um, day. But, um, but I'll tell you guys that there's a lot of room on the top. Um, and it's inviting, you know? So people say, well, why do you want to help people? Well, shit, there's a lot of room on the top and there's not enough good people out there doing what we do. Yeah. And we need more help, man. I, I, I really, I need more partners in different cities. I need more help doing what we're doing and uh, teaching good people. I was just um, going to say a couple things real quick and some of this might resonate with you or re- remember where it came from, but sometimes the messenger gets in the way of the message like you were saying yeah. earlier. And I tell people that all the time, like it's important that we get people, you know, on board because otherwise, you know, like you said, 15 years, they go down the wrong path, you know, this way we can at least help guide them through and, and do our part. And for us, it's, you know, we have an entire team. The other thing I'm going to say is like, Hey, look, we can't even get this thing right. So lots of room for improvement. (laughs) I can't get that shit out of my (laughs) office either, man. (laughs) Anyways, you see me taking it with my foot down here, Uh, you know, anyways, (laughs) Hey, sincerely appreciate you coming on John, today. Man, Thank appreciate you. you yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, uh, great episode. I thought phenomenal to, uh, how do people um, follow you? I'm real, I'm real easy to find. Um, Jerome Maldonado. Um, and we'll have it in, the, we'll have it in yeah. the podcast, the spelling. And on Instagram, it's Jerome Maldonado in the number one. Um, same picture, same photo on LinkedIn, Facebook, everywhere. Yeah. Um, we'll put in uh, some other links um, once the podcast is uh, is released on how yeah. to find us, how to work with our If you just go to mine team. and then you could find uh, him under who I follow as well. So yeah. you guys, thank you for watching today. And, uh, yep. you know, can't wait for you. Uh, anyways, appreciate you guys watching it. Appreciate you sharing yeah, appreciate your you, John. words of wisdom. So thank you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye.